0: And now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. So I just got back from the first ever Divorce Survival Guide retreat in which 12 women communed with me in Sedona, Arizona And it was truly more magical than I ever could have predicted or planned for. We were at an amazing retreat center run by just incredible humans. We had our meals prepared for us every day by chefs, Roxy and Shell, who prepared just the most phenomenal tasting food, but they did it. With intention and love and care, and we just all felt so nurtured and cared for from start to finish. And there were things about it that were mystical and impossible to have planned for that just, I think, blew me away for sure um, and just made everybody, like I said, feel so loved and cared for. And we will be doing it again. And we will be doing it at the same place because I can't even imagine anywhere else (laughs) to go at this point. So stay tuned. Obviously, it's not going to happen probably this year. um, But we will, you know, this was the first time that I did it. And so I wanted to make sure that this was something that I was good at or wanted to do. And it turns out that I am pretty good at it and that I really do want to continue I also want to remind you that the screening of Split Up the Teen Years is happening uh, next week, Friday, May 12th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and you can get your tickets for that at kateanthony.com slash split. We are having a live Q&A with Christina McGee and Ellen Bruno, the filmmaker, and myself, so you don't want to miss that. And you don't want to miss today's episode. Oh my goodness. My dear friend Gabrielle Hartley is back on the show with information about her new book, Gabrielle Hartley is co-chair of the American Bar Association Mediation Committee. She's a divorce attorney, an online mediator, founder of the Private Divorce Solution, and author of Better Apart, The Radically Positive Way to Separate. And her new book, The Secret to Getting Along and Why It's Easier Than You Think, will be released in, I think, in just a couple of weeks. So she offers a weekly newsletter, The Conflict Code, and hosts the Better Part blog, which was just named the top divorce blog in New York. So it's got just so much amazing information on it. You definitely want to check that out. And Gabrielle is a frequently quoted media expert in the peaceful divorce realm from such places as the New York Times, Vice, WNYC, Forbes, Psychology Today, and others. And Gabrielle is a former court attorney to New York State Supreme Court Judge Jeffrey Sunshine. She is amazing, and I adore her, and I am so happy to bring you this conversation about her new book. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Gabrielle Hartley. Gabrielle Hartley, one of my favorite people in the world, congratulations on your new book, which we're going to talk about today, The Secret to Getting Along and
1: Why It's Easier Than You Think. Hi.
0: Can we really get along?
1: Do we get along? <laughs> we don't get along. That's why we really need to work on it, but there's a way. Can we? Can we actually do this? We can. I <laughs> I, I appreciate
0: that in your introduction, you do say that the, the principles that you lay out and the steps that you lay out in this book are not
1: necessarily for those who are being abused a hundred percent, except for maybe the S part, which is to take a pause and to walk away. Right. But if you're being abused, not your fault, not your fault. Right. Exactly. So when we talk about taking responsibility for what
0: you, like, this does not apply (laughs) to people who are being abused. However, that doesn't mean you guys should turn off the the episode and not listen because this is a this is great information for every other relationship in your
1: life. And also, if you are being abused, being aware of what choices and I'm not a mental health professional, I am a divorce lawyer and mediator, just full disclosure. But what choices you're making so that when when and if you should choose to get in a new relationship, you reframe. What you're looking at, you sort of take a second look at what you're prioritizing, six foot two, or elevates you, but not love bombs you.
0: Yes. Did you guys hear that? Elevates you, but doesn't love bomb you. Tell us why you wrote this book. After your first book, Better Apart, which is amazing, and we have talked about before,
1: why did you decide to write this book? So I decided to write this book actually during COVID, when so many of us were trapped in unfavorable situations. And it wasn't necessarily with partners. It could be with your kids. It could be with your parents. It could be with a sibling. I mean, people were really struggling and suffering. And so, um, you know, I I was aware during the time I was... Um, promoting Better Apart, the more I talked about it, the more I was like, gosh, you know, we really all need to learn some of these skills. And so I decided as I was doing so many divorce mediations, helping people to co-parent while living together at home, under adverse situations, helping people. Obviously, you can't co-parent. It's a misnomer. Parallel parent. Create containers of safety so we don't have this, you know, you in the room with someone who's not treating you well or in a room with somebody who you know you're going to wind up fighting with. And so I decided to write a book that was geared really for all of us to get through our relationships. And, you know, even before COVID, or I shouldn't say before COVID, during COVID, there's been so, before and during COVID, there Mm -hmm. there have been so many um, times politically now where we're really not getting along. People are choosing not to go to family, um, holidays, not to break bread with cousins that they've loved and cared for for many years because we really have um, differing opinions about things. And, you know, just considering, I'm. I'm not saying you should spend time with people or care for people who have have a worldview that you find um distasteful or hateful or or silly or whatever it is. I you know depending on who who you are, um, but just to um, open yourself up to the idea that we humans are all multifaceted and we cannot be judged on any one meter. And most of the time, when we have very strong judgments, when you peel back the layers, and we get to the why are we acting like this? Oftentimes, um, there's a a narrative of fear and anxiety on both Mm -hmm. sides, for Mm -hmm. for whatever the uh, conversation is. So as I say that, all kinds of heated conversations draw to my mind. And Mm -hmm. uh, when we look at things from a place of fear and anxiety, and then we consider how important our relationship is with the person, we can we can modulate how we interact with them a little bit differently, and really transform how we um, in- interact. So I don't know. Maybe I went yeah. a little beyond the four corners of your question. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Listen, there, are,
1: there are no corners to my questions. Um, <laughs> um, but- <laughs> <it's> <laughs> no corners.
0: No corners. No. I mean, look, I think that you know, you know what you say in your in the introduction was that like better apart was really sort of how to get along in the in the con- context of divorce that's right? Right. Or separation that's right in separation um whereas this book is really is is outside the four corners of divorce and separation <laughs> and applicable right. to all to all aspects and you and you talk about this in your wonderful ted talk um which has like what is it like sixty eight thousand views at this point i can't remember i can't remember well, what it was last time i looked something yeah yeah, yeah it's pretty great so there are, right? It's like it's sure it might be divorce, but it also might be like you say your cousin at dinner.
1: It could be your your um employer who won't let you telework and you've got kids at home, right? I mean that's that's a very common um struggle that I I've been called in to help people figure that out. And it's really interesting because when you are the employer you're looking at your policy. And when you're the employee, you're thinking about your life and how hard you might work and how you're able to adjust things to make things work. But when you, again, get behind the what of what you're arguing about and you figure out like, you know, what do you need? Well, I need to make sure that my employees are here doing their tasks. Or it may be we work for this giant corporation and I really have no flexibility, but I'm really sorry. And and mm-hmm. from the employee's perspective, you know, it's it, it might be that they really have a childcare issue, but they've worked things out where there's actually somebody in the house or they have a transportation issue. I mean, there are myriad reasons why we take the positions that we do, but there's, we actually, when you start to peel it back, believe it or not, we, and again, big disclaimer, this is not for abuse relationships, right? Right. (laughs) um, We agree more than we disagree. And that's why I love being a mediator. And that's why like mediation and conflict is like a magical dance. Because when you start yes. to really, when you learn all the steps and you're able to sort of you know, go through them with intention, there's nothing more satisfying than bringing an agreement together.
0: And you are really skilled at doing this, at mediating, not just people who are in agreement and like kumbaya, we can just, you know, pull things together and I'll sign on the dotted line. They don't even need mediation. No, 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 no. (laughs) Right. You are really skilled at working with people in conflict who each have consulting attorneys who are like really having a difficult
1: time coming to consensus. That's really my favorite, especially bringing those lawyers who love to fight to (laughs) bring, bring down their charge. Right. I mean, Unless the lawyers are just there to bill, which sometimes
0: are. Which they often are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But I often speak alone to the parties and we're able to figure it out most of the time. And and you know what else I really love doing is when there are people who have court cases that are just dragging on and on. I love Mm -hmm. getting the papers and working as a private settlement coach, um, a settlement negotiator. And yes. I work with the lawyers and with the two parties to reach a resolution. They send me all the legal documents. It's like, it is so satisfying. Sometimes I get the papers and I'm like, there's no way I can resolve this. But of course, there's always a way because once you start listening, the resolution just sort of comes to the top like oil and water. You know, it just. The listening part, right? This is
0: in, this is like part two. This is step two. We, we should, we should pull out the framework here, your yes method. But the listening is what you said before is the what versus the why, right? right. Because we're often arguing about, you know, a custody schedule, right? And we're arguing about time and we're arguing about, you know, what's fair. And when you get underneath that to why, like, why are we arguing? Why is this important to you? Why does that matter? And as you said, like actually listening, then a resolution will come, will rise to, often rise to the top.
1: That's right. And the first part of the yes method is what's your role? And and all that is about is you know, what destructive behavioral tendency do you have beyond like the biblical wrongs of lying, cheating and stealing, like, you know, and beyond right. like mm-hmm. gaslighting and beyond being a drama queen, you know, are you, are you, what what are you doing, which we all do, so no judgment, right? Rather than pointing your finger on what the other person is doing, how are you prolonging the fight by your behavioral tendency, catastrophizing, minimizing, steamrollering, burying your head in the stand, you know, stirring the pot. There's there's lots of things that we do Mm -hmm. that prolong arguments and we do them because it's just part of those are the dance steps that we're the most comfortable with. But if we can figure out how to stop doing that dance, then we can get to like you were saying the emotional story, the need, the motivation, the interest. Why do you want to keep the house? What, like, why is the house so important to you? Oh, well, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to afford something, you know, that this house is already in my name and I don't think I'm going to be able to get a mortgage or I'm afraid the kids aren't going to come with me if I leave the house, Mm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. and when you start to peel back why you're really arguing, um, then the resolution just unfolds. So, but the the tricky part, tricky part is figuring out even for, for, um, You, the listener, right, figuring out what your underlying motivation is. Like you might think you know what it is, but but ask yourself more questions. Ask yourself, how would my life look different if I get this thing or if I don't have this thing? And then you can solve like it's like an algebra equation. Like what other solutions that speaks to me, right? That's my dream. Right,
0: right. Yeah. What other
1: solutions can add up to seven, right? You got one plus six and three plus four and two plus, you know. No, five. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. So let's sort of back up. So the yes method is sort of the framework for getting along, right? For coming yes. to this resolution. Right. Yes. And so the first part of that is the why, which is what is your role in the conflict? I, I think that even in in like super high conflict, and you know, even in abuse cases, this is I talk to my clients about. You know, sometimes your role in this is this metaphor that I've been using the last, like I used on my retreat and, and been talking about is like, you know, they're going to flick the rope right in your face. They're going to keep flicking it. They're going to keep flicking it. They're going to keep flicking it. And the second you pick it up, they've got you right. That's right. And that could be your role is that you that's just right. fucking picked it up because that's right. You just. Like, because you can't let them get
1: away with it. Right. Or it could just be a habit, right? Uh, Yes, it is always a habit. That's a habit. So, like, in the beginning of this conversation, we were saying this doesn't apply to you. It does apply to you in a deep sense. At the surface, it doesn't apply to you. But it does apply because we are all complicit in our lives, okay? This is not a blame thing. But it's just reality. Yeah. We acquiesce to things we should not acquiesce yes. to. And I say we because I include me. I include you. I Absolutely. include all of us. Like yes. And so this is not a, a shame or blame conversation. It's just, all right, what am I doing? I'm calling them back. You know what? My abuser who is, who I'm co-parenting with, I'm going to block their phone and I'm just going to go on the fair app or mm-hmm. the family wizard app. I'm not going to let them call me. And I'm only going to check that at the day that it says I have to check it at the time. that it says I have to check it in my agreement. So the first thing is what is your role? Right. Are you taking the bait yep. and yep. noticing that you have control over your role? And then by the way, that's the only thing you have control over.
0: And it's, I mean, it is so hard, right? When you've been gaslit, when you've been, you know, again, your habits, right? This is in chapter two of this part, when you're talking about your role in the conflict, you're talking about your habits, right? Because we do have a habit. You do have a habit of either arguing with this person or going to this person to get your needs met in whatever, whatever, whatever the, even the relationship is, right? There is a habit. There's an ingrained
1: habit. That's right. And so, so in order to get to the second step, which is the E, the emotional story, you really have to stop yourself in your tracks and notice what behavior, what destructive behavioral habit you have. You don't have to become another person. You just have to notice what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Are you going, are, are you inviting, not causing, but inviting, giving permission to somebody to continue to act in the way they are because, because you're, you're catching that rope that they're throwing in your face. Right. Yes.
0: Right. Absolutely. Or, you know, or you're keeping the, you know, because a lot of people, especially when they're getting divorced, right. They're That's their emotional connection. That's like the last vestige of the emotional connection, even if it's negative. Right, that's right. That's the only way that you're staying connected. And
1: is that really it's what you so want? It's so hard, life? right? And it's not. By the way, uh-uh. no, no, it's really not. It's really not. Should you stay or should <laughs> you go? I, Kate can't say this, but I'm going to say no. Get out of it. <laughs> yes. right? She has, she has. To, but like, you don't want to be in a relationship where you're being flicked with a rope in the face continuously, metaphorically. Um. Okay.
0: So the emotional story is the is the why behind the what.
1: Right. Exactly. Okay. Why? And that's where you and that's where the the, the meat is. That's where the mm-hmm. magic is. Yeah. But the activating agent, and I'm gonna skip to the S. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Activating agent is the S. It's shelving the conversations. Mm-hmm. Not just taking a pause by being silent, but putting a pin in a conversation and saying, Let me get back to you about that. Let me think about that. Hmm, I, I didn't realize that. I can't speak right now. But you're going to tell the person, I'll get back to you in five minutes, in an hour, next week, next month. I need a little bit more time. Don't put a conversation off forever. But take that space and let them know that your answer is no after you've thought it through. Mm-hmm. And don't just be silent because acquiescence mm-hmm. is heard as a yes very often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that person is going to keep on doing whatever they're doing or they're going to think you agreed to something that you didn't mean to agree to because you're so used to people pleasing and you're so used to just nodding and smiling because it's easier than saying no mm-hmm. or you're scared to say no right you know in which case right
0: you go to your mediator you go to your attorney and say you know this is coming up and I I want to say no but I'm I'm I I don't feel safe or comfortable having that conversation directly Right. Can we have this conversation in mediation? I say all the time to people, stop mediating your divorce between yourselves. Like you have a mediator. Oh for a reason. There's, nothing <laughs>
1: that, there's nothing that makes me crazier than people who come in and one of the people, the steamrollers, like, we've got it all worked out. And I'm like, mm. do you and both? then I take other person into the room and they're like, you know, he thinks it's all worked out, but and then I tell people, let's put that piece of paper aside. We'll get back to that. Let me do my job here. Mm-hmm. Let me. Listen to the entire situation. Because very oftentimes the person who has acquiesced, the person yeah. who's afraid to stand up for themselves has agreed to things they don't really agree to. That's right. So, you know, I then have the hard work of dialing it back. But that is my job. Right. That is what let I your let your mediator do me their work. Do my job. Right. right, exactly. And also, by the way,
0: nine times out of ten, when the steamroller comes in and says, you know, we've agreed to everything the other person may not have acquiesced at all. Right. This is a
1: control tactic. It's like, no, no, we didn't. No, Actually. Right. 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 But, but sometimes the steamroller sometimes Mm -hmm. is dealing with a person who buries their head in the sand and they, I have a, a, a forgiveness sort of mentality. That's just like, as a person, right. The person who is who is steamrollering is actually managing their own anxiety. They just want to get divorced. They just yeah. want to move on. Yeah. They just want to be finished. Yeah. And they are so frustrated by the person who won't come to the table because they, they are the, they yeah. are paralyzed. And so yes. what happens is the minimizer from the perspective of a mediator. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I just spoke at a giant mediation conference this weekend and, and I was like, okay, who does the steamroller marry? And unanimously, like a hundred people said the minimizer. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. That whole opposites attract. It's not just like black hair and blonde hair. Right. No. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Of course not. You know, one of the things that I, that I tell people, right. If you're, if you, the person that you're divorcing isn't, isn't like moving things forward if they have their head in the sand. um, Sometimes it's because they haven't processed what's happening. Like they actually need time. They need a minute to, you know, because especially if you are the person who is, um, you know, is initiating the divorce, sometimes you're like, great, let's go. Finally, fi- I've been thinking about this for years and years and years, and I finally decided and I finally said it, now we're going to like, now i got to hire the attorneys and blah, 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 blah. and the other person is no matter how many times you've been telling them that they're miserable, they're f- totally blindsided and they just haven't
1: gotten there yet. Right, that's right. But very often, um, especially in litigation, you've got one party who's all the way there, and the other party really needs time to get there. And if you're in a big rush, just be ready to give more than you would have to under the law. And even then, be prepared that they might they may not take it. I always tell when I was litigating, I was told the the party who wasn't ready, yeah, first offer is the best offer. Just Take it and run right? because the person who wants out is like just willing to give it all over. Right. You know, um, in order to just get it done. Mm -hmm. Or like put a a pin in it. Pause it. Pause it for a minute. (laughs) Right. There's no
0: rush. Absolutely. There is no rush. Right. Right. This is the basics of communication. I mean, let's (laughs) get
1: right. This is. It really is. It's like it's basic, but we don't do it. No. Right. We do. Right. Wars are fought over the why, right? Like countries battle, family feuds happen because of of the what of what we're fighting about and because of our behaviors. Right. Do, you, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I do. We, don't, we as human beings throughout millennia, we don't shelve, we don't pause, we don't take the break, we don't ask for time. We just go in and try to take all the gold that we can grab on our side, mm-hmm. and we don't think about how the other person um, what what they want. If you can, if you can understand, this is like the best tip for mediation or for negotiation. If you can understand what the other person really needs, you can settle whatever argument you ha- you're having.
0: Yeah, and and it's not it's not that they need the house; it's that they need to feel comfortable or they need to feel financially secure.
1: It's right. not that they need to have 50-50 custody. They need to feel like they're still a parent. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that they're asking for is their way of flailing around and um, grabbing the thing that they think is going to satisfy this emotional, usually fear-based need. You know, if if you're in a divorce and you're negotiating with somebody and you are in mediation... Yes, you need to get clear on what your needs are for yourself financially, for your kids, and you are going to put yourself in the best position if you can figure out what the emotional motivations are And what things you have seen satisfy the person from the most positive perspective that you can think about. So not like, oh, he'll only be satisfied when I have nothing. All right, fine, maybe. But maybe there's something different. Because that's not usually the case, actually. Mm -hmm. Most people will be satisfied with reasonable things. I've been doing this for a long time. I have been mediating and settling mid to high conflict divorces for more than 25 years. And I have worked with the toughest lawyers in New York City. And you would be surprised. Those cases that are impossible, most of them are possible. You know you know that word impossible is I'm possible? Yes. Yes, right? yes. I mean, I, that's how I see that word. Nine out of 10 times, even more than nine out of 10 times, you'd be surprised with a little bit of, of faith. The only The only time you really can't resolve something is if you can't get the other person to the table. Then you have to go to court. Right. Yes. Right. But other than that, yeah, right. You, mm-hmm. you need two. you need two engaged parties.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsor. So you guys, probably one of the most important things that you can do for yourself when you get divorced is to get new sheets for so many reasons. And I can't recommend cozy earth sheets enough. Oprah named cozy earth sheets as one of her favorite things. And they are also one of mine. All Cozy Earth products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. And you guys, they are the softest sheets I've ever slept on. And what's more, Cozy Earth bedding is temperature regulating, which for a woman of my age is really important and pretty much life-changing. They also have loungewear that offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering and elegant fit, as well as premium bath products which they offer in both a plush collection as well as their new waffle collection. And all of Cozy Earth's products come with a 10-year warranty. When you're starting again in a new home, you deserve to have the softest and most luxurious sheets available. And those, my friends our Cozy Earth sheets. So the best news is that Cozy Earth is providing an exclusive offer for listeners of 35% off everything on their site when you use the code DSG at checkout. That's Divorce Survival Guide, DSG. So that's CozyEarth.com. And be sure to use the code DSG at checkout for 35% off. And now back
1: to our show. You know, to the point of mediation versus litigation, you know, unfortunately, you can't know what you don't know. And so if you haven't gone to court, you might think, well, why should I spend, you know, ten or twenty thousand dollars on mediation? Isn't it supposed to be cheap? Well, you know, court is gonna be fifty to three hundred thousand dollars and it's going to ruin your life. And there is no perfect outcome at the end of the court cases. When I worked for the judge, I just couldn't believe how horrible the process was for people that that's why I started writing books in the first place. I'm like, this is crazy. Right. Right. And it's 2023 and nothing's changed all that much since, you know, the nineties scarily. Right. Well, certainly not in family law, right? It's like, (laughs) it's the most antiquated. It is the most. I mean, in New York, we still have plaintiff and defendant. And unless it's a same sex marriage in Massachusetts, we use first names a lot in New York. We say husband and wife, unless it's a same sex marriage. So, I mean, I don't know about that. I, yeah. I feel like that needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just all have, let's just start have, there. Everybody has names. Right,
0: right. Right. Let's just have names people. Come wow, on. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it is in California. I don't, I don't know, actually. I don't know if,
0: yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I could dig out my, my I was divorce
1: paperwork. I was just dealing with, well, yeah, probably it was husband and wife back then. We've been divorced back then. a little
0: bit. <laughs> Back in the old days when I got divorced. Back in the olden <laughs> days, that's right. The S in the yes method, this is the shelving of heated conversations, right? This is the putting the pin in it, putting, right, saying, like, I'm going to pause it. And I like the way that you outline that, right? It's not like, I'm not talking about this right now. Boom.
1: <laughs> right. No, it's no, not- that is, that's that shelving. That's yeah. slamming the door. You don't slam doors. Right. And, but you also don't have to say,
0: Hey, let's put a pin in this. Right. Cause if the other person is heated and wanting this, right. Just to say, hey, you know what? I actually have to run right now, but let me get back to you about this tomorrow. Cause it is important. I understand what you're saying. It's important, but let me get back to you. Exactly.
1: Right? And, and your point tomorrow. Let, let's talk about this tomorrow. I, you know, I, I'm really distracted right now. I can't really focus on this right now. Uh-huh. You don't have to be like, you're such an idiot. I can't believe you're bothering me with this again. Right. 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 Yes. This is, a. I think the, the important
0: thing to remember too, is that at this point, this is a business transaction. Absolutely. So as much of the emotional heat as you can take out of it, like you would not say to your boss or to someone that you were negotiating with
1: at work, you're such a fucking idiot, <laughs>
0: right? You right. always do this shit. Right, exactly, right?
1: exactly, exactly. You just need to treat the person like a, a good house guest, a, a, a colleague. Mm-hmm. Keep your your mind attuned to your goal. right. Yes, it's true. And the goal is not to pulverize the person. It's very tricky. Right. Right. It's very tricky. You because we don't know our goals, people. We don't know our goals. We're so living in our trauma and drama that we don't know what we want. We know we don't want their new girlfriend near our kids. Why? Maybe the new girlfriend's actually a nice, calm, lovely person who can be your ally. Like Yes. Right? I, that's what I always like, say. I always say, like lowest, look, yeah.
0: the girlfriend, like he's on his best behavior because of her. Right. She's like exactly and, she, yes. and the more people to love your kids, the better. She's not no one's gonna take your place. Like the new girlfriend is and you don't need to thing. talk
1: to him because he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend might be might just feel bad for her because she's with him now. OMG. Yes,
0: yes, exactly. OMG. O-M-G. <laughs> yes. I was just gonna say you have a chapter in this part about shelving heated conversations that says that defensiveness is the enemy of resolution which I feel like needs to be mm-hmm. on a mug, by the way.
1: Yes, I do.
0: Yeah. So can you say more about that? Like what
1: what do you, what do you mean by defensiveness that? Defensiveness and- is all that destructive stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. That is what is preventing us from getting to the, the center of why we want what we want. I know I'm repeating myself over and over, but I, I can't drive so this true. home enough. Mm-hmm. If we can get to what our deepest emotional or actual needs are we can resolve our conflicts but if we waste our time just defending or or um advocating for our position mm-hmm. we're just never gonna get we're there. never gonna get there you know this story about the, you know the orange allegory do you know what i'm talking about the, the two chefs um no like a, i i don't know you're no, it's it, it's a famous in mediation circles sort oh, okay. of a famous story. Okay. So there's two, there's two chefs who um, they're preparing for a fancy dinner, and one of the chefs, the pastry chef, the other one is the head chef cooking the meal, and they both need an orange. And in the box where there's normally three oranges, there's only one orange. They're fighting about it, mm-hmm. and there's a time pressure, and the and the manager's like, enough, just cut the orange in half. Do you know? Do what you can, whatever. So. They make the meal, the pastry chef makes their dessert, the head, the head chef makes, um, their, their orange chicken or whatever they're making. And, um, the end of the meal, there's a lot of leftover foods and they're both in a bad mood because they're, they feel that their food was ruined because they didn't have enough orange. So they go and they're having a drink after because they, you know, they don't hate each other. They're colleagues and they sit down and the pastry chef said, Oh, I just needed the zest of a whole orange. And the head chef says, I needed the juice of a whole orange. And then they looked at each other and they realized that had they taken a step back and not been so aggressively, you know, defending their position, the pastry chef thought, oh, I'm the crown jewel of the, of the meal. And the head chef was like, I'm the head chef. What are you talking about? They could have gotten to what they, they both could have had everything they wanted. Instead, they settled and nobody was really happy. Mm, I love that and and so you have to decide like do you need, just need the zest find out if the person you're fighting with just needs the zest or just needs the juice right it's so
0: simple
1: right now but so it's not hard. it's so
0: hard so and it's so hard right because it it requires us to relinquish control and let go of our firmly held position Right. But I'm if I don't oranges. get the orange, I'm going to, my meal is going to be completely destroyed. So because you're you, Gabrielle Hartley, and you, you know, in, in better part, you had, you know, chapters on self care throughout the process and, you know, yoga and breathing and balance because you are this amazing combination. I'm the child
1: of hippies. Cause you're the child <laughs> of hippies, right? You're
0: you're an attorney, <laughs> you're a lawyer and you're very cerebral, but also you, you have this wonderful balance to you, which I think is, you know, is amazing. And so in the, at the end of the book, you kind of bring that into it with the VIR protocol. So can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah. So the VIR protocol is about visualizing how you want things to be. What what can your life be? You know, get really big, get really broad. Mm-hmm. In if you could have things, whatever it is, the dynamic, a, a tangible thing, a career choice, a relational thing, whatever it is, get as granularly clear on what that is, mm-hmm. right? And then the I is to set the intention, maybe take some steps to get you there, get even more clear, tell yourself what you want even more, more um, regularly, not just as a passing thing, but almost make a, um, a habit out of thinking about it before you go to bed every night or when mm-hmm. you wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Breathe it in, breathe it out, write it down, get get yourself a journal and write yes. down your intention.
0: Yes. Right?
1: Yes. And yeah. then the R is for realizing it. And the realizing is the is the part that feels like magic because you don't really have to do anything other than really focus on that original V. Right right? But you can't just think about it every once in a while. You have to think about it and you have to intentionally draw your energy toward that thing. Yeah. So if you have a goal, but you also have 10 other goals and you're not singularly mindedly focusing on this one main goal, it's much less likely to manifest. Yes. If you're singly, singly-mindedly, um, single-mindedly, mindedly <laughs> um, focused on what it is that you're hoping to achieve, and in an intentional way, you will devote some time and some attention to it every single day, it will come to pass. And
0: that's not magic, right? It's That's not magic. Th- so it's not so magic. the the you know the science obviously behind this, right? This is this is manifesting, but it's not like I visualize it and then it com- then it magically comes to pass, yeah. right? You're the clarity of the intention that you're setting out, be and the visualizing of it then impacts your behavior. That's exactly right. That's right, like. When you, and I, and I love you. So like, you've got to get clear on that goal. You've got to get clear on the goal. If your goal is actually to put your children at the center of this divorce and do everything in your power to, to center them and to stay out of conflict. And you visualize that and visualize that and visualize that. And you get really deeply rooted in it. The outcome of that is that you behave in a way, your actions then follow suit.
1: Exactly. Even if the other person's do- don't, right? That's right, because you can change your relationship just by changing yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you're. it takes two people to have a relationship. It doesn't mean you're going to make your terrible relationship great. It just means that you're going to make your terrible relationship more palatable because you're going to be less invested in it in a destructive way. Right. Right. Yes,
0: yes. Because at the end of the day, right? If you're you we are always focusing on something and we're always visualizing something. And so it's best, you know, most of us who are going through certainly high conflict divorces, right? We're actually focusing on he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this. And so we're focusing on the conflict and we're actually manifesting more conflict. Exactly. Because all we're doing is reacting to his conflict or we're, you know, we're behaving in in more conflicting ways, right? So the
1: the verb protocol is like really fun. Yeah. Because if you can figure out what you want, like you want to put your kids at the center, you know, get yourself a journal. I've got journals all over here. I wanna like, I'm like a crazy journal person. Here's a, I guess you guys can see it. I've like just so many composition books, different colors, different, and just write down with as much clarity of what you want, and just keep recommitting to it. Just keep re- recommitting to it, and then you're going to take actions. You have to really make changes within yourself yeah. to take those actions. You can't just you can't just write it down. You have to write it down. But but what I find is that for my clients, you know, when when I give them the homework to write it down, then they start thinking about it more. And I find this in my own life too. And you start making shifts in what you do to bring whatever you want to life that part does feel like magic, but it's not magic. Right. It's right.
0: Exactly. It feels like it, which is why, you know, yes. all the, all the spiritual my- people sort of, right. Funny, yeah, right. Yes. But it's, so it, it is important. So, um, to recognize that you actually, it, it is actually within your control, right? Like, that's yeah, about. that's,
1: that's the beauty of it. Oh, this is so exciting. So when is the book out, Gabrielle? The book is out on May 16th, and if you pre-order it, and I'm not sure when you're putting this out, Kate, but if you pre-order it and you go to GabrielleHartley.com backslash The Secrets of Getting Along, you can put in your information of where you ordered it, and then you get access to a webinar where you can ask me any question that you are interested in asking. That will be hosted by my publisher um, later in June for anybody going through a divorce. I have a blog, which just was voted the number one blog. Did you see that in no. New York? I, couldn't <gasps> see it. What? I was at the seminar and somebody said, yeah, literally out of like thousands of blogs, it's like the top rated divorce blog. Cause it gets like thousands and thousands of views every single day. It's like pretty crazy. Um, oh, so you, amazing. it's filled with resources The reason I'm telling you this, not to tell you how great I am with my blog, but to say there's so many resources for you. I have articles about divorce process. I think Kate wrote one. Should you say, or should I go a a while ago? Mm. I have financial resources. I've got all kinds of worksheets and um, information about real estate and wellness and childcare. And it's written, some articles are by me, but I I accept submissions and I have lots of people from all over the world who have um, contributed articles.
0: All the information, the blog, the amazing blog, uh, which is, it is a, it is a uh, treasure trove of information. So GabrielleHartley.com and then the backslash secrets, secrets to getting along. Secrets
1: to getting along. There's literally at the top. I'm sure. Right. There's a banner. Just go, there's a banner and you can just click down to absolutely everything you're looking for. The, there's books, there's blog, there's services.
0: Yes. What states do you practice or where do you practice mediation?
1: So I mediate anywhere whatsoever. I only, on the website, it says New York and Massachusetts only because that's where I'm also a practicing lawyer, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're elsewhere in the country, you do have to have a lawyer as well. Um, That's just how I practice. I don't like, I don't work with people who are completely unrepresented in other states because I want to make sure all of my clients are well protected through the divorce process. If you are in Massachusetts or New York, um, I also like you to have a lawyer, but I don't require it. And it doesn't mean you have to retain a lawyer for tens of thousands of dollars, no. but you do have to have someone that you're going to consult with so that you're sure to have the most salient information. And otherwise, you may wind up getting the, um, you may be taken advantage of in terms of how your soon to be ex is interpreting the law. Right. So just to be clear,
0: because a, a mediator is a neutral third party, they That's are it. not advising you. They are helping you That's come it. to consensus, and so you need to have an attorney who is actually advising you on what to bring to mediation.
1: That's right. Now, if you're in New York or Massachusetts, I am still not serving as your your attorney, but I have been practicing in court for at least twenty years. I was going to court, so. I give you more information because I have more intel. But again, I do not give you advice. I do not tell you what to do. I'm more apt to tell you the range of potential outcomes. And that's it. Right, right. So it's still good to have a consulting attorney, no matter what. It's always good. And and if if you're in the middle of litigation and you are just stuck going to court and you'd like to find somebody to help you privately settle it, I do do private settlement conferences um, with with practicing attorneys. Um and that I do um mostly in New York and in Massachusetts, although I have done several on the uh, in California, in Chicago, and in Michigan um for people who, you know, and some other states who love Better Apart and just really want to work with me. But
0: everybody loves generally. Gabrielle. I
1: think everyone should work with you. Everybody loves Kate. Everyone should work with Kate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I love it. when you come up in my feed.
0: Aww. You're very
1: uh, dynamic and um, engaging. Sometimes <laughs> I just sit there and watch you. Oh, I love you. You're the best.
0: Um, You're the best. Aw, it's a love fest here. Uh, so GabrielleHartley.com, get the book, do the work, get the other book, Better Apart as well. Um, read the blog and- And oh, sign up for the webinar. And you sign up for the that. webinar if you do it in advance. And hire Gabrielle as your mediator. That's my- Oh, That's my pitch. thank you, Kate. You're so welcome. I'm so glad to be So you. nice to see you. So good to have you on. I love and adore you as always. Likewise. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you are... My love, deserve to be happy.